Talk presented by Allendale. I am Greg McBride, joined as always by Mike Long. Mikey, we have just some crazy amounts of pressure coming into the markets. Uh, feels like we're going to continue to see three-quarter point uh, drops or increases in, in rates by the Fed, uh, aggressively moving uh, back to, like, what, four and a half percent maybe by the end of the year but uh, more likely sometime middle of next year Um, with all this uh, with all this being said we talked about something last week that i we did not get a chance to actually talk about on the podcast i thought was a something that you had a very good idea on or a very good thought process on let's talk about the soybeans and let's talk specifically about the soybean oil and what you're thinking as far as why we're seeing such a big push to biodiesel or biofuels. Yeah. So last week we were talking about it because you're having it for jet fuel. You're having it for car tires. And I think it's Goodyear's making tires with uh, soybean oil right now. And you're seeing a lot of push towards using these biofuels more and more. And the last time we saw it was the ethanol push about 20 years ago when China basically cut off exports of U.S. corn due to the fact of we were very at at odds with them over the fact that they stole our seed genetics. And they basically just said, you know what, we're done. We cut off and you didn't see much exports. So we had to find a way to supplement that demand. And a lot of it went towards biofuels. And now recently you've seen a lot of executive orders. You've been seeing a lot of pushing towards, again, biofuels, predominantly soybean oil. And the thought is with all the rhetoric around Taiwan, the U.S. foresees a big chunk of demand being swept away from the market in a very quick fashion. So how do we go about doing so and finding some more demand? You find other ways to use it, whether it be biofuel, whether it be making car tires or whatever it may be. And you can easily, with how inflation has been running recently, make a case for they're finding ways to cheapen up fuel costs, but with how expensive soybeans are, especially historically, um, it's something that it seems like there's another situation for it. And the fact of how big of a buyer China is of soybeans, you can make a very good case that they are looking at preemptively supplementing demand and getting that moving. So that way, if it does get cut off because of the Taiwan situation or any of the myriad of situations that's currently going on, they have a way of saying, you know what, we've got this other demand that should more than make up for anything that may be lost. And whether or not the truth is yet to be seen. Yeah, it, that seems like the the overarching issue because now, you know, here we are, like you said, uh, 15, 20 years later on uh, ethanol. And it's up for debate on whether or not it's good for the environment, whether it burns as efficiently as they say, whether it's, you know, why are we putting so much money into uh, into the pockets of these farmers for, for this? And it's a renewable source. It's not coming, you know, it's not coming out of the ground. We're not doing any major damage to it. There's going to be environmental groups that have their say about it, but whatever. Um, kind of an interesting interesting thought process but 
the problem the problem that we have with all this all this is that there's just I mean we say it every week there's so many so many unknowns it does feel like even if we were to see that cut from China as far as their soybean demand for US soybeans that is they've already haven't they already like slowed down their uh, their imports of of soybeans in general? Like I think South America, specifically Brazil, has has been way behind where they normally would be at this time of the year. Yeah, the last couple of years they've done a phenomenal job at stockpiling a ton of commodities in general, and we saw it back in 2011 them do the very same thing. They absolutely stockpiled it, and then they were able to slow down their demand, and they held it for. Basically, I think it was up to 2020 they held a lot of this crop and started to go bad. They flushed it out and replenished the reserves. So, yeah, they could definitely slow down their demand a good amount. But that that being said, if there's an abrupt stop, like they let's say they, they even get to the point where it's just cancel U.S. orders, we don't we can't just flip the switch. There's no, I mean, we're not ready for that. You're talking about like Delta um, uh, retrofitting or whatever a a refinery to work with biodiesel or biofuels, so that they can incorporate that into their their fuel uh, as well. That's not ready to go. That's not ready to go in mass. So what do we do? I mean, bottom just falls out uh, in the meantime. Is that where? I mean, that that's where it has to go at this point. Oh yeah, think? like all the best price shocks. <laughs> It's going to be something that slaps the mark in the face. Yeah. And they have, in Pennsylvania, they're rehabbing two of their tanks to deal with uh, biofuel. But, I mean, yeah, it's definitely nothing And the amount of fuel that Delta is using, and that's just one airline. Right. So they're probably going to have to be going to crushers and things along those lines. Crushers are going to have to bid up and... Continue to be the main driver of it until you start to see some of these larger companies actually start to either buy some of the crushers that are already in place or start to develop facilities in order to do it themselves. Uh, But, yeah, there's definitely a lot of work that needs to be done there. Well, and then at the same time, crude prices are are falling off. We're at or very near the low for the year in crude oil um natural gas has has followed its its head and shoulders top formation uh that pattern uh, projects down to 540 we're sitting right around seven dollars today three a little over three dollars off the highs that's not necessarily something you would you would expect to to really bolster anything if you're seeing those prices energy prices coming down substantially you know we're at that point, are you going to catch a falling knife, or are we back to trading crude in the forties, and you know we're back to what nine dollar beans? It's it's going to be difficult to see those price levels right now, just because of where we're currently at. You're going to have to start to build towards it. There's still energy problems. There's still things outstanding that. Mm-hmm. 60 to 70 bucks if we do continue to fall should be able to hold as a good level mm-hmm. and for beans at this point until we see either demand completely cut off see what the actual situation is for this year's crop if there was any yield problems and if 
we're able to see this world number start to pick up more. There are going to be some big ones as well. Well, as we go into the end of this week, it is the end of a month, end of a quarter. How important is that in the market, whether it's commodity, stocks, you name it, in the financial markets, in any markets, how big of a deal is this the end of a quarter, especially when what we've seen what we've seen? You've got the, the Dow under 30,000 points. You've got crude that's now, what, roughly uh, $50 off the, uh, off the highs. And like I said, at the, at the low point or very near the low point of the year, how important is the end of this quarter uh, over the next uh, three or four days? Uh, I would say it gets less and less important as we get closer and closer. Right now, it's going to, and the reason I say that is because as we go up to it, everyone knows that's coming up. No one's getting shocked by the end of the month unless you're been just on a binge or something. Mm-hmm. You wake up and figure out that it's the end of the month. But everyone knows that's coming. Everyone's pre-positioning for it because you have whether it be high watermarks for funds to get their bonus or whatever it may be, whether it be having to close out certain parts of your book or whatever it is. End of a fiscal year for some of these groups. Right. Yeah. You you know it's coming. Yeah. You're able to preemptively adjust your book. You can move and have it positioned how it needs to be based on volatility levels X Y Z. So it may be something that you see a last minute panic out of the smaller positions, smaller funds, things along those lines. But in the grand scheme of things, people know it's coming and where they need to be positioned for the larger players. You heard it here, folks. There is no downside risk. (laughs) It's all straight back to the upside. That's a great quote from from Craig McBride. Uh, (laughs) Uh, But no, I mean, it does does obviously feel a bit heavy in the markets. Obviously, we've seen, you know, the the Fed come in with their their rate hikes. The more uh, hawkish uh, of the uh, Fed governors continue, they continue to, uh, to speak about how we need to be tough on on inflation we need to continue to battle and we need to tighten the balance sheets and all that uh, all the all the buzzwords that they they throw out there um so is there is there a significant uh rebound coming once you turn the corner to uh to the fourth quarter here is there something that you know because we still do have high inflation Mm-hmm. We still have uh, right now. I mean, as far as as far as what we've seen, the labor pool is still somewhat intact. We continue to see uh, unemployment uh, uh, at favorable levels, not necessarily where we want it, but favorable levels. We continue to see jobless claims uh, not be mounting uh, as uh, as much as they they very well could be. Um, are we just at the peak insanity when it comes to pressuring these markets because we've seen this before we've we saw this i think it was back in june july where the market was just falling apart and then all of a sudden we saw a significant rebound is that where we're we're headed right now you could see that but some things to remember is while the jobless claims and unemployment numbers look like they're all right they're stable whatever it may be those numbers are greatly skewed to the fact of those are people that are still looking for jobs those are not people that are 
just saying you know falling what, I'm, off I'm, the I'm, falling off the cliff. Right. I'm not to work. I'm going to do whatever it may be. Um, so, with that in mind, we've got still some issues foregoing. And if you do start to see unemployment rise, and you start to see larger companies continue to cut jobs and do so in a large way. And you see companies like uh, Morgan Stanley and um, Goldman Sachs that are cutting large investment um, firms within under their umbrella, and how much money is going to be coming out of the market from that? You're going to slow growth. Mm-hmm. You're going to see companies, especially smaller companies, not be able to sustain and be able to fight against bigger companies with a larger market cap, with more capital to back them up. So we may see it stabilize as we go into midterms, but you still got a lot of issues outstanding so you may see you may see the dow jump 2000 points but mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things it's still a relatively small correction in comparison to what we have done this year okay next uh, item on the agenda is this hurricane coming into florida at this point um looks like it's gonna hit uh, basically center mass on uh, on florida um Concerns, ideas, thoughts on uh, what that could mean to any specific market. May I mean, juice looks like it could have a, a move uh, ahead of it. Um, sugar potentially it looks like it's going to miss anything that's major when it comes to uh, to crude or or the uh, the rigs that are out in the uh, in the Gulf. Um, anything that you're watching that uh, you know is a potential uh, thought process of what we need to be doing. Is it a buy the rumor, sell the fact uh, type mentality? Some things you should be watching, it's going to be more so the construction sectors. They're, every single time a hurricane hits, they got to rebuild. And especially with it hitting where it's hitting, you've got a good amount of building and so construction throughout steel, that. steel, lumber. Yeah, but also you have a lot of um, storage down there for energy. So if that gets struck, that could be another thing to be watching is it, how much are we actually able to store? Mm-hmm. So it's really going to see where it hits, how hard it hits, and how much it actually destroys before you can really get a gauge of where do you want to put your money. But as of right now, the easy money is going to be thinking about the OJ, the sugar, and what kind of construction needs are going to be going on as well as with the logistics issues how quickly can it get down there yeah it seems like right now i mean obviously they're talking about it going up the uh, up the the east coast but the worst of it so far is expected to be in the tampa area and you know like i said center mass on on florida but as it moves up the uh, up the coast i mean you're talking about inches of rain we're talking you know uh, six to eight inches of rain in in a lot of areas not something where we're talking about the extreme winds that would tear things apart we're not talking about uh, you know a lot of damage up the east coast but it could just be in that one area of of uh, florida so there's a lot of uh, you know a lot of if it were to turn then go back out to sea you know that that changes things if it turns somehow and goes further into the gulf it changes it changes what's what's in the uh, crosshairs mm-hmm. big time i mean we're to change from uh sugar and and 
juice to crude and maybe cotton or crude and maybe corn and beans. You know, it's it's not necessarily the biggest uh, producers down there for corn and beans, but it definitely could uh, could hit uh, things, especially when we are already talking about smaller supply than we were a few months ago. Mm-hmm. So. so lots of fun, lots of stuff to cipher through the next week. If you guys have any questions, please give us a call, 815-578-6177 for my direct line or 800-2-MARKET for Allendale. That's 800-262-7538. But today for Allendale Market Talk, this is Mike Lung and Greg McBride signing off. You guys have your one. I have a phone number two.